2: Welcome to Better Than Yesterday. How are you doing? Thank you so much for being here. I'm Osha Ginsberg, I appreciate you listening to the show. This is a podcast called Better Than Yesterday. A podcast that hopes to help you make today better than yesterday. That's really it. That's what it does in the box. So um, something you're here today will hopefully help you make today a little bit better than yesterday. And make you feel like, you know, it's not just you. That's just it, I mean, On Mondays I speak with a guest, on Fridays I speak with you. And I've been doing the show since two thousand thirteen. Heaps of other episodes to get into, so many guests. There's a lot. something for everyone on Better Than Yesterday. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you very much to everyone who has uh, been getting into Dad Pod, which is out right now. Dad Pod season two. This time with facts. Uh, Dad Pod is uh, available wherever you find your podcasts. Wherever you found this one, you'll find Dad Pod. This week we talked about the dilemma of whether to tell or not to tell when you fall pregnant. And Charlie and I explore, you know, I guess, you know, the science behind when you tell everybody else and, you know, the interesting choices that couples face in when they should or shouldn't reveal that they are pregnant. And it was kind of interesting. I was having this conversation this morning. I had a haircut this morning. I was telling my barber, he's uh, trying for a kid, and um, he's 10 years younger than me. He's in his 30s. But, you know, I said to him, "I wish I wish someone told me, that the average time it takes for a couple to conceive once they pull a goalie is around nine months. I wish someone told me that. I wish I knew that. I wish I'd found that out because, you know, you get taught when you're younger. Certainly in my high school, we got taught that if you – sorry, I'm driving, by the way. I really should preface this. Sometimes I have to drive from place to place. I don't have the ability of point-to-point helicopter transport just yet. So occasionally I will be behind the wheel of a car. And sometimes that driving coincides with the time that I have in the week to record this episode of the podcast or the opener for uh, Monday's show. So every now and again, there's some driving ones. Uh, I hope you don't mind them. They're not all the time, but they are occasionally. We've just come out of the Lane Cove Tunnel, which inconveniently was being built the whole time that I was doing Australian Idol at the other end of Epping Road in Sydney, and then the the very year we moved idle to Fox Studios, they opened the Lane Cove Tunnel. So I spent four years driving through roadworks. But anyway, enough about that. I was talking about Conception, uh, not the Christopher Nolan film Inception. That's a very different film. Conception is a very different film. But, yeah, the idea that it takes nine months to get for the average couple to conceive. Because what happens is that if you don't, you know, every time your, your partner's period comes – You feel like such a fucking failure, man. And you're like, oh, my God, it's never going to happen. And then two months goes by, oh, my God, it's never going to happen. If only I had known that the average is about nine months, which it was actually for Audrey and I. It was a little bit more than that. It was about 11 months, I think. It was a little bit more than that. It was quite a while. And, man, every month was just like another slumping of the shoulders. I was like a marionette with cut strings. Um, but anyway, uh, if you are trying, have fun, get out there. (laughs) If you're not trying still have fun, get out there. But you know, we were talking about that. That's not exactly what I wanted to talk to you about today, but that's just what's what's going on in dad pod this week. I wanted to say thank you for the people that did write an email in send off your email at gmail.com is where you can find me. Thanks for all the pictures of where you're listening. I love to see where you're listening. Uh, people listening to the show, in Yosemite National Park, extraordinarily exciting! What an amazing part of the world, and a tricky time to be in California. My word, but uh, good on you for giving it a shot. Good on you for getting out there. And uh, there was a, a photo of people listening to the show uh, with a copy of my book. Uh, it looked like the top of Half Dome. It looked like there's some amazing hike in Yosemite. Incredible. So thank you very much for that. I always love to see where you are listening to the show. So take a cracking photo please thanks for all the uh, feedback as well about the Natalie Eggleton show Uh, Natalie from the FRRR really really cool to talk about what's happening in regional and rural Australia Uh, really cool to remind people who are in metropolitan areas like myself uh, yeah you know there's a whole other part of this country that's really important to the food you eat and the water you drink and how we need to take care of the people that live there Uh, it was great to have her on the show been great getting on Twitch this week. I've really enjoyed being on Twitch. I know I go on and about it a bit, but it's, it's really fun. I'm really enjoying it, really enjoying learning how to use something new. I'm really enjoying the exploration of the new format, the new medium, twitch.tv slash Osher Ginsberg. It's pretty easy to find me. Download the app. Sign up. It's free to sign up. It doesn't cost you anything, and it'll just give you a little notification when I'm on. If you want to connect with me even more, there's a thing that uh, – I guess, gaming uh, gaming community has been using to connect with each other. And I've found it to be really interesting. There's a thing called Discord. It's kind of like an old-school message board, I guess, if you call it like that, or an old-school... It's it's kind of interesting. It's not Facebook, yet it is a community of people coming together and having conversations, which I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying it. Now, I do know there is a Facebook group dedicated to this show uh, that Hayley does look after. But, look, honestly... Oh, thank you. There's a speed camera in 200 meters. You know, I don't go on Facebook anymore and uh, I don't have Instagram on my phone. So if you did want to connect with me, if you did want to kind of be in touch a bit more, that's where I am and I'm, I'm, I'm there most days. So come and find me on Discord. All the details of the Discord server are in the Twitch stream. So if you find me on Twitch, I'll mention Discord and someone will put the link up and then you just find me there and it's, it's pretty good. I'm really enjoying it. But Twitch has been fun. I've been riding my bike on there a bit, and I did a cracking quiz. on. You were My car is telling me about the speed camera in the tunnel, so it might say it again a few more times. Oh, there's the speed camera right there. That's exciting. We're about to drive under Sydney Harbour, so that's a thrill, isn't it? So, yeah, Twitch has been really fun. On Tuesday night, there's a quiz. I had another cracking quiz on Tuesday, and I'm, I'm really grateful this time there was a lot more ladies involved. First time I did the quiz, it was, I'm not going to lie, a bit of a sausage party, a bit of a cock forest. But this time there was a lot more ladies involved and it was really, really fun. And uh, I'm having a cracking time. It's a lot of fun. Really enjoying it. Just to check in with you, I know I've mentioned it before on the show a few times, but it's coming to the, I think I'm coming to the final days of uh, using. Thank you. There is a speed camera. You're, I'm really grateful you're telling me there's a speed camera, little Nissan. You're a very sweet car for letting me know that. I'm coming to the final days of me using the hip that I grew to walk around with. I reckon I'm going to need to get this surgery pretty quickly. It's getting to the point where I can't get to sleep on unless I'm taking painkillers. And as soon as the painkillers wear off around 3 or 4 in the morning, I'm awake again. During the day, it's all right because I'm moving around, but... Sometimes joints are weird. If you don't move them, they can really hurt. And obviously the immobility and sleep is a thing that freezes the joint up and everything around it's starting to freeze up. And, yeah, so there's going to be some surgery in my future, but I'm just letting you know that. I don't know. I don't think there'll be any disruption to the podcast production schedule, but kind of facing that and, you know, thinking thinking a bit about pain management. I should be okay. I should be okay. I'll just give the meds to Audrey and she can look after them. Should be all right. Had a cracking time yesterday on the Smart Energy Summit with Dan Illich and um, Mike Cannon-Brooks. We did the final session together of a two-day-long Smart Energy Summit. And I've got to say, for someone who has hectic climate anxiety, it's fucking terrifying saying yes to that. But look, I don't know, when Mike Cannon-Brooks asked you to do something to help spread the word about clean energy, generally you'd want to say yes because that is actually in accordance with my values. And even though it's super scary for me to talk about that stuff and it's super scary for me to, to sit in the conference and listen to some of the figures people were talking about, it's really important. And um, The only antidote to climate anxiety is climate action. That really is. That's all there is. And it was so great to hear Mike just get off the chain, get let off the chain and just go for it and just spit straight facts. It was cracking. He's great. He's a real champion, and I I just really dig what he's about. There'll be a replay of that session. You can find it if you just look through my Twitter. You'll see that I've retweeted a few times the link to the show. So I'm driving, so I can't touch my phone, but it's in there, all right? The internet has saved this video. You might need to uh, register for the seminar and have a look back, but there's some pretty fantastic speakers, and it was really good. Listening to people who are, as Mike put it, people who are not interested in getting re-elected, people who aren't making decisions that are based on a four-year return, which is what an elect, what, a, what a politician generally is—a three-year return. If I do this, will you vote me back in in less than a thousand days? You know, or just over a thousand days? Less than a thousand days. I can't do maths. No, this is more about here I am with this money to invest, whether I be a superannuation fund or whether I be a a hedge fund or or something else, we want a return that's going to be 30, 50 years. What's going to help us out now? For a 40-year-old person starts investing their super now, what's going to pay their retirement when they're 70? It's not going to be fucking coal, that's for sure. And so listen to these people... Uh, some of the speakers are, yeah, they're in charge of funds that are worth many, many multiples of millions of dollars, sometimes billions of dollars. And hearing these people who are in charge of that kind of money, just basically just straight up say, listen, you know, <laughs> decarbonization is the, that is, that is the thing the 21st century is about. That is the industry for the 21st century. It was fascinating to hear people talk like that because we're so used to, I'm so used to hearing politicians who have this, like I said, this. There's such a short return on their promises. They just want a return on their investment that's only three years long. They want to get re-elected. That's it. You know, there's no, I want to do something that's going to be paying dividends in 30 years. They don't care about that. So they have these short-sighted policies because they're based on a three-year return versus someone who's like, I know I'm in charge of this fund of a couple hundred million dollars or if not a few billion dollars. I want an investment that's going to last me 20, 30 years. What's the smart investment? It's not fossil fuels. It's something that, you know, an emerging market's going to want to pay for. And it's it was great to hear that. It was great to hear that stuff because ultimately, and it's really sad, I've talked about this before, it's the financials of it all that's going to cause change. Australia is a nation, we are, you know, we're just so addicted to fossil fuels, right? Um, we don't want anything to take our fix away. But, once a country like china for example has just said oh yeah we're out of coal by 2060 and you've got an organization like the european union going yeah we're we're going to get we're going to get into hydrogen but we won't buy any hydrogen that is not green hydrogen any hydrogen that's been made using natural gas we don't want a part of it the economics of that just mean all okay well then the infrastructure investment to create this industry is going to have to be green. that's it because it's going to be money you like them and this is a kind of a, a – both the sad part but also the exciting part. The moral argument for climate action is kind of lost. You know, it's, it's too late. It's gone. The moral – yes, of course, it's the right thing to do, and it has been the right thing to do since we first realized it was realised we're in a lot of trouble in the early 70s, right, probably earlier. But the moral argument is gone. The financial argument now is the one that is going to win. It is now cheaper to deploy renewables than it is to tr- deploy fossil fuels. And that's the argument that I would say if you're confronted with someone who's in it, and, and if you're interested in this stuff at all, you've got to talk about it. You're going to have to. When someone goes, hey, it is a bloody nice day, isn't it? Yes, it is a nice day. It's a nice 30-degree day. It is the 5th of September, you know. It's normally maybe high teens probably shouldn't be this warm. Have you ever thought about why that is? You know, and if you get a, yeah, yeah, I don't believe in climate change, well, then that's your opportunity. You've got to have these tricky conversations. You've got to. You've got to. One person at a time. That's the only way it can be done. But it's the financial conversation is the one that's going to win it. I was out shooting today, uh, some telly, and I was out in the um, housing estate district of uh, Western Sydney. And I, you know what I'm talking about. It's the same that happens between Brisbane and the Gold Coast. It's the same that happens in Western Melbourne. You know, it's these gigantic houses less than a meter apart with no eaves on the roofs and four reverse cycle air conditioners strapped to the wall. You know, you're building a home that's going to cost you thousands of dollars a year to heat and cool. What are you doing? (laughs) What are you fucking doing, man? You know, think about the long-term financial gain there. You know, there's, there's somebody I know that has done all the sums and they said, and this is someone who's, you know, they're very clever as far as their investments go and they think a lot about the numbers and they're a bit of a spreadsheet person. We've all got a spreadsheet person in, my, in our lives. I've got a person in my life who's a spreadsheet person and she makes a spreadsheet for their holidays. She's like to that level of detail, right? Um, oh, more speed cameras. And this person, he did the sums and went, oh, I figured out the amount of power that my house draws to heat it and cool it through the year. And by putting solar on my house... The money I saved and therefore invested, I've put an extra $250,000 into my kids' nest egg by the time they're 30. And like, when you think about that, and he's got little kids, when you think about that, like, that's just freaking bonkers, man. Like, that's the argument right there. You know, why would you just be throwing money away, heating and cooling your home when you could be. <laughs> You know, whether or not this person does or doesn't believe in climate change, they do believe in their retirement fund. All right. And that's really gotta be it. That's really gotta be the argument that you're gonna have to take. Because I think, you know, what I was talking about yesterday in the in the seminar with Mike and and Dan was that if someone has a moral objection, it's very, very, very hard to change their mind. All right. They're probably not gonna change their morals because that's in alignment with their core values that make them a human. All right, but generally, most people want to save money. Generally, most people would rather not waste money, and lots of it. People would like to make more money, and they would like to save money. They don't want to waste money. They don't want to see money just vanish for no good reason. And that's an angle. That's an angle you can get in on, which is what I was kind of talking about yesterday with Dan and Mike. But I guess that's where I was. You know, it was interesting. Like it's hard. It's always hard to hear projections. It's always hard to hear the arguments as to the urgency of action. It's always hard to hear another person who knows the numbers going, guys, guys, okay. So if we'd done something in 1984, oh, thank you. If we'd done something in 1984, we'd only be in this much trouble. We'd still be in trouble, but only this much trouble. But here we are having done nothing, nothing in 2020, and now we're in this much trouble. It's still hard to hear all that. But it was very exciting to hear, I guess, the people that really do make the decisions about where those gigantic amounts of investment go talk so positively about true return on investment is coming from renewables. It's not coming from fossil fuels. And if you're clever, (laughs) if you like saving money, that's where you're going to be. Anyway... I hope you check it out. There was two days' worth of talks. Some of them are pretty heavy, if that's not for you. But I I guess the thing for me about it is that listening to our leaders try to convince us that gas is the way forward, it really gives me the feeling like there's no adults in the room. You know, listening to our leaders go, well, there's a a 1,000-megawatt shortage in the bloody grid. We're going to have to put another gas-fired power plant in there. So, oh, and then a couple of days later going, oh, it's only 250 megawatts. And then hearing Mike talk yesterday going, if the current rate of rooftop solar goes, the 250 megawatts will be taken care of by rooftop solar when that plant needs to close. So we should be all right. To actually get the feeling like there's some adults in the room, it actually gave me a great sense of calm and ease. Those adults aren't our elected officials. And I guess sometimes they are, but at this point they're not, particularly in our climate policy and economic policy. Everything is going to be climate policy at in the, in the end. Defense policy is going to be climate policy. Refugee policy is going to be climate policy. Food security policy is going to be climate policy. Economic policy is going to be climate policy. It's all going to be there, man. So to get the feeling like there's some adults in the room, to get some feeling like there's some sensible people and people who are like in their 50s and 60s, kind of old people, older than me, shit, I'm old. But like people who are 10, 20 years older than me, who have been in the industry for so long, the industry of making shitloads of money for their investors going, I don't know. This is what we're doing. Maybe kind of go, Oh, thank fuck. Cause this whole idea of our politicians going, no, no, no. Or Angus Taylor going, no, no, no. Like Jesus Christ, man. It made me relax a little. I go, I, go, I won't lie to you. Anyway, 20 minutes is long enough to hear about, I'm in another tunnel now, by the way, uh, 20 minutes is long enough to hear me rabbit on about this crap. But I'm grateful I got a chance to talk to you today. Jeez, I covered a lot. I covered conception, my dodgy hip, climate anxiety, and um, getting the feeling that mum and dad have got this. Don't you kids worry. You just relax there in the back seat. We'll handle it. That's all you want, really. That's what you want want your leaders to do. You just want your leaders to do that. You know, then you can go, all right, you guys have got this good because I'm over here with my family trying to do the best with my job and trying to make sure that the kids don't fuck up and just trying to, you know... Keep the garden growing and keep the lights on. I'm I'm just trusting you guys to steer the ship, all right?
0: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello?
1: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Sorry, I would recall vegan sausages for dinner. Going to put them on the barbecue. I'm very excited. We have a two-barbecue house. I'm very happy about it. My barbecue has never seen meat or gluten, so I'm Oh, it's a dream. Some people want a boat. i just have another barbecue. Just a little one, just a little tiny little Weber one. just big enough for a couple of eggplants and some potatoes, a few vegan sausages. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, I forgot what I was talking about because I had a phone call that lasted a few minutes between here and there. But anyway, thanks for listening. I appreciate it a lot. You're awesome. It's Friday, so I'm probably going to be on Twitch riding my bike across the weekend. And on Monday's show, I'm very happy to say that the person who really did get me into Twitch, one of the you know people who really got me into Twitch, Nathan Cavalieri is on the show, and it's going to be absolutely great. Nathan's a killer. He's such a good guy who's got a heck of a story. If you're of a certain age, that name will mean a lot to you. If you're of a certain age, that name will mean nothing to you, but we'll cover all of that. It's our second time on the podcast with Nathan. He came on in 2017. And it might be worth listening to that first version of the podcast because it was one of the first interviews that he did when he was coming out of a very intense time in his life around anxiety. It was one of the first things that he was doing on the way out of a very heavy struggle in his life. And he talked about it quite openly. And to hear him on Monday, it'll blow your mind how different it is. It's so great. I'm so grateful he's on the show. He's going to be a killer. All right. I'm going to jet. Thanks heaps for listening. Thanks, Rachel, for being the executive producer of this show and mostly of all of my life. Thank you for Andy Ma for editing this. Haley on the socials, Mike on the music, Mike Mills, that is. You guys are great. Thanks for listening. Come and find me on Twitch. Come and find me on Discord. Until I speak to you on Monday, sleep well and dream of beautiful things.
0: Have a catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row.